Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. My name is John. I'm one of the pastors on staff at the Ridge, and our vision is to bring the hope of Jesus into every home. So as a piece of that, our goal each week is to bring you something that's hopeful and helpful. So subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any hopeful and helpful conversations. So last week, Mark and I chatted about how you can make an impact on the world by investing in others. And we split that conversation up into two parts just because of its length. And we released that first part last week, and it's full of some really good stuff. And if you missed that conversation, it would probably serve you better to pause this episode and then just listen to that episode first. But if you've already done that, well, this is part two of our conversation. And Mark's going to share about how we can ask people really good questions. And then when we're ready, share our story. Plus, he gives us his Bucks prediction, and I'll just let you guess on how that one turned out. But before we get there, Mark's going to start us off by talking a little bit about what do we do when we have a f- some fears about investing in someone. Yeah, I think um, I think the fear is normal. The uncomfortableness yeah. is normal. And don't shy away from it. Live in it because that's where the growth, that's where, that's where growth in us happens. That's where the trusting and relying on God happens. It's in that. And I know it's, it's, I know like this is kind of a taboo thing. It's like, you know, religion and politics and all that stuff. Okay. And so that, that we were afraid of all that stuff, but there was a recent statistic that came out. I think it's 62%. And this Barna did this. I think it's 62% of unchurched people uh, are looking for someone that is safe for them to have a spiritual conversation with 62%. Man, that's awesome. That's really yeah. great. And so that's surprising. You know, yeah, I, and I yeah. think it's it's I, I, people want to have safe conversations with people that they with people that they trust that they know care for them. So you know you got it. There's some of those things, the uncomfortableness. There's gonna it's gonna feel you know a little bit intimidating at times, but you got to kind of just remove that stuff, rely on God, and then here's the thing: do two things well. Ask when the door opens up for a conversation ask open-ended questions or statements or say open-ended statements, you know, not yes, no things, ask them things that get them to open up about where they are. And then the second thing with that is just be a great listener. Just sit and listen. Don't chime in. Don't anything. Just listen. And then uh, after the conversation, I always do this. I say, I, man, thank you for sharing that. That was, that was really good stuff. And, um, and what's great is, is what's that saying is this, I know that was difficult and I know you just opened up from a trust level standpoint for me and I acknowledge it and I'm grateful for it. It's huge. So open-ended statements or questions and then listen well. And here's the thing. We often want to then all of a sudden just dive in with, hey, did you know? No, 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 no. This isn't a one-shot deal. This is a journey. Mm. And if they ask you, you can answer. If they don't ask you, at this point, they're not interested. That's okay. Wow. I love that. It's a, it's a journey. That's not like, this is not my one opportunity. God's been working on them for a long time. <laughs> this is not the one shot. We, we had this, we had this, this was funny. So this past weekend we're with our neighbors. We love our neighbors and uh, we're there and we're all hanging out together. And they started talking about aliens and ghosts never happened in mm-hmm. any of our conversations. Okay. Aliens and ghosts. Two of your so, favorite things. Yes. So, uh, you know, there's like six of us there. We're just kind of listening to this whole thing. And I'm thinking to myself, hey, maybe I'll get a chance to say, but I'm just listening. And, you know, they're they're going back and forth and bouncing back and forth and just all that stuff. And then one of them goes, 
well, I think we have someone that's very good with the spiritual things that here that might be able to. <laughs> and here's the great thing is they never followed up on it. I didn't say a word in that entire conversation. That's amazing. That's hilarious. Did you want to? Were you like, by I was, hoping, yeah, hoping? I was yeah. kind of hoping, but you know what? I also, they, they weren't ready for that. They didn't want that yeah. at that point. And that was okay. I was, it was just great to be in the conversation and listening and they felt the freedom to have it. Yeah. And I think that that's a huge piece of patience too. And trusting, you know, they talk about it in like sports a lot, trusting in the process, trusting in, I'm not. Um, and that I think goes back to seeing a person as a person, not as a project, because mm-hmm. a project says, I need to get to the next step as soon as possible. A person says, I'm alongside with you. Uh, yeah. Well, I say the goal is not to win them. It's to walk with them. Mm. That's a good saying. That's good. We get a bump I mean, sticker. That's what I that's <laughs> what I always look at it as. It's not to win them, it's to walk with them. Now, here's the thing. You walk with them, God will win them. Yeah. You won't win them, but God will. Yeah. And that's all that matters. You, you touched on questions. Do you have any go-to questions, a starting place, uh, anything like that? Yeah, I'll have. And some of these aren't questions. Some are, are, are more statements. I'll say, hey, uh, tell me about your church experience growing up. If I heard him say something about it. I'll, I'll say, you know, I'll say that uh, if it gets into spiritual things, I'll often say, hey, what do you believe about God? That's one that that I'll throw out there. That's a great one. It really gets it gets them to open up or I'll say, hey, just tell me your faith story. Yeah. And they'll, and, and a lot of times in that one, they'll tell you what you believe and and all that stuff. So that's that's a great one as well. Those are three of my favorites. They they really help. Or if they if they have no church experience and all that stuff, I'll say, man, I'm I'm sure you've seen things about Christians and stuff. You know, you read about them, you know, on the news. Hey, what are your perceptions of Christians? What do you think of them? And that often that will often land with, here's where I know where they stand with all of this, and so I'll know how how deep quote unquote the hole is that we got to help them dig out of. <laughs> that one. Well, in, implicit in that. Mark is, I think, part of what you said, which is being a really good listener, because I think when we come into one of those situations and we have our list of things that we want to say, it prevents us from listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. At least I find that in myself. Um, and so and, I love and that. Yeah, it's, and, it, and you know, John, and it's and it's and it's you know, as a listener, and you just have fun when someone's opening yeah. up to you like that. That is, they're opening up their heart to you. When you're talking yeah. about things of that significance, I mean, just enjoy that. That is a sacred, I always look at that as a sacred moment. When someone That's is cool. opening up, I don't care what they're saying. I don't care if they believe that, you know, God's a ghost. Let's just, you know, we'll go back to the ghost thing. They're sure. saying it's not what they say. It's the fact that they're saying it to you. Yeah. And um, that's the that's the critical thing of it. Because then, tr- you know, trust is being developed. They're saying, I trust you. This is a safe place for me. I had, uh, there was this agnostic guy that uh, it's always at this restaurant that Don and I go to and uh, he's fantastic. He's great. And he's now having spiritual conversations with us. He looks at me and goes, so you're a pastor dude, right? I go, yeah. He goes, oh, are you one of those mega church pastors that has a plane? And I, and I said to him, I go, no, but I wish. And, uh, <laughs> and he looked That's at me, good. I told you they're all the same. I go, oh dude, settle down. I'm not. And we laughed and did <laughs> all that stuff. And it was, just, you know, but once again, it was not having fun, didn't take it too seriously and yet was engaging in the conversation and it was fun. And he still comes up to us every time we're there. Now, 
You mentioned this uh, and that those conversations, those moments come because you built trust with people, mm-hmm. right? So how do you do that? How do you build that trust with them? That is like you would do with anything else. You spend time with people. Yeah. And you spend, you spend time with people, intentional time, doing things together. Um, you know, you spend time, you're doing things with them because you really true, truly do love and care for them. And this is a relationship for you. And they're a part of your life. They're in your life. And so you're committed to that, that investment. And it means you have to shift some things around because we're all busy. I get it. Uh, we, my wife and I, we've always had to say no to certain things so we could say yes to some of these. And that's why we only tell you, you know, you're one, one or two, because we don't have so much time, but when you intentionally invest time in people and then you express that love and care in the process in a very natural way, trust is built. You see a need, you help them meet a need. Uh, you take interest in what they take interest in. You ask a lot of questions and listen, who doesn't want to be around people like that? Yeah. So would you say, so someone's praying for their, the praying for their one, like you, like we talked about earlier, they, they've figured out, okay, I really want to invest yeah. in this person. Is that the starting spot? Is that it the, is. I just want to spend time with them. And, and yeah, after the prayer, then it's okay. How can I be more intentional in my regular rhythms? And how can I just be more intentional about uh, just connecting with them relationally, maybe doing something, maybe you have them over for dinner or coffee or whatever it may be. Uh, we throw parties a lot of times at our house. And now it's funny. Now, now they throw parties and then invite us. And so now it's changed and we love that. But you know, in the starting awesome. point is you're, you're doing something to, to do that. Maybe it's you go to the gym and you ask them to, to work out with you twice a week. I mean, that's, that's one that I did for about four years with someone. It was great. It was awesome. That's the next step for sure. Yeah. So you're building this trust and then you open up that door to those spiritual conversations. You're asking the great questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, at some point there's gotta be a moment, at least I would assume, right. I guess you can speak into this, but yeah. where uh, we've earned a place to share our story mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think story is just, I think a lot of people are, are worried about, do I have the right answer? Well, I would, I would rather focus on, let me make sure I can share my story. Well, because people can argue with a lot of things. It's really hard to argue with a story because it's yours and it's personal. And I always tell people when you're going to share your story, you prepare this and it should be no more than two minutes long because we've all been around when someone started telling a story and it's like eight minutes later, you're going, good gracious. You know, what are you, what have you been talking about? You know, cause I don't remember anymore. And uh, your story should be about two minutes long. And then there's three things in your story. And this is kind of fun. I, I call, I just use these words, B, C, D, A, D. So B, C before Christ. And one word that describes your story before, before Jesus, uh, D is when did you make a decision to follow Jesus kind of led you there. And then A, D is after your decision. What's one or two things about your life that's different now because you've made a decision, not like, Hey, I'm, you know, perfect. And no, 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 that's not it at all. But it's how God, how has God changed your life so far? And um, anything else you'd want to add as far as, I mean, here's what it really means to follow Jesus and, and just be authentic about it and be authentic about your struggles. But before Christ, what's one word or two words that would describe your life before Christ? So like mine was good person. I thought I was a really good person. And then I'll often tell people, but then 
but then I still realized that something was missing. I thought I was a good person, but yet I was doing all these bad things. So I knew something was wrong. And, uh, and then some people came into my life that asked me to church and then I'll, you know, I'll just say a little bit, and then I finally made a decision to follow Jesus one day. And, um, and I realized that here's what he did for me. And now here's how my life is different. And then I'll say one or two things that, uh, I'm just, I'm freer. And I really have found purpose, uh, in my life that my life is really meant to be bigger than me, but it's really meant to point to the one who gave me life. And so, um, that's usually kind of the, the nuts and bolts of my story right there, but that's how it should be two minutes and that crisp. Would you recommend people like practice that? Yeah. That oh like yeah, that? we yeah. did. Don and I did, man. We wrote it out. Uh, when, and, uh, for some staff people here, we actually had them. I went, took them through an exercise and it was the two minute drill. And I first had them share their story without it, man. It was, it was like seven, eight minute stories and all that stuff. It was like, no, remember you want to give them just a little bit. They can ask for more. All right. Yeah. You don't have to give once again, it's not all one shot deal. If they're interested in learning more, they'll ask for more. What you want them to come back, not to not come back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I do. I really think you should and just make some bullet points and then just practice it. Two minutes, hmm. two minutes. So I, I mean, I had the benefit. I know some of your story in terms of like your first attempts at, at sharing God with people, sharing uh-huh. Jesus with people. Um, how, how has your approach change, changed? Oh, I was horrible. Oh my gosh. <laughs> One dude. And, uh, when I was in the court, he called me the bazooka man. Cause every time he saw me coming, he knew I was going to drop, you know, just drop some, it was like, Hey man, if you don't accept Jesus, you're going to go to hell. And, you know, I mean, I, I was just a, a straight shooter and, and then I would be like, well, I did my job, you know, it's not my fault that he didn't. And I didn't realize that I had just had a wake of bodies, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I realized and how I've changed is just realizing that there's God's part and my part and uh, God's at work in that person's life already. My job isn't to win them over. My job is yeah. to join God and partner with God and what he's doing in their lives. And God loves that person more than me. And, um, and that the more I tap into that, the more I love that person. And then here's the thing, all the stuff I do or don't do right or wrong doesn't matter as much anymore. Now it's just because I love that person because I have God's heart for that person. I'm just more open to doing the things that we talked about and okay. When, Hey, you know, for some of these relationships, it's been 12 years. Sure. And, um, I'm not rattled by that at all. And, uh, but I'm just, I've just changed from the standpoint of I've got a role. I get to join God in the role. God grows me. God is using me. Even if I don't see the outcome the way I think I should see the outcome, God is using me because I can't see what's going on behind the scenes. And I've known enough stories where people have told me what went on behind the scenes. And I trust that God is doing his thing behind the scenes. That is a huge and a powerful assumption like that. Okay. God's doing his part. I don't have to know it all. Um, but I can do my, my side of things. I, I'm really curious. And I don't think I've ever heard you talk about this before. Um, so I'm sure there's multiple people as they're listening, they price it in a few different camps. What maybe someone that's never considered doing this before someone mm-hmm. who's tried and failed, or maybe somebody who has like 
we've talked about maybe the, the, the pros and the cons, maybe the good and the bad sides of doing this. And they've sit firmly on the, well, I tried it this way and it wasn't the right way to go about it or not necessarily right or wrong, but maybe they burned some people. They broke some trust in the process. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if you just have it would, is there any way to like rebuild? How do you rebuild that trust? Is that? Um, yeah. And, and, and when you do this, you're going to do some things. We've done some things. Okay. And, uh, and I always tell people when they come, well, you know, I feel like I did this wrong and does, okay. If you feel like you did something wrong, what do you think is the, what is the way that you honor God and them in, in that process? And they say, well, I think that uh, we should come clean and ask for forgiveness or apologize. Yeah, it's exactly yeah. what you do. And here's, what's great about that. People aren't used to that. And mm-hmm. so when you go, Hey, um, I said this, or I did this the other day, or, you know, I came across this way and oh, that really wasn't my intent. I, I am really sorry if I offended you or didn't. And I, I, I really am. I hope you'll forgive me for it. People are like kind of taken back. Like, really? And you can actually um, build more trust in those moments than you would otherwise. And I've seen it time and time again. So it's, things are going to happen. You're going to have bad days. I mean, it just, it is yeah. what it is. We all do. And it's okay. Um, make it right. And then you make it right by admitting where you were wrong. Or as my, my kids, I always say to my kids, uh, when you mess up, you own up. And yeah. so um, that's what you, that's what we need to do. And that's what we're called to do in those situations. Well, that just comes back to this consistent theme that you've been talking about in the conversation. And that's just that, you know, this is not a project. This is a person. I'm seeing a person who's, who's been hurt. And I didn't, I didn't quote, uh, fail the test. You know, I hurt this person, mm-hmm. you know, which is a very different mindset, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, last question, I guess, from, from me, just super curious. I'd love to circle back onto something that you, I've heard you talk a lot about, and that's that so much of what we do is impacted by our motivation mm-hmm. and why we're doing something. Mm-hmm. And could you just speak to a little bit about the the motivation side of this and having having the right motivation versus motivation that can potentially become toxic? Yeah, I think none of us start out with 100% of the right motivation in this, all right? And yeah. I, I think we just need to call that out and and be honest with ourselves and honestly be honest with God, not because God doesn't know. He already knows. It's more on our end, okay? So we need to be honest about our motivations. And, and honestly, we, we need to be honest about our, our, our eyes. I always tell people, we need to be honest with, hey, I really don't want to do this. Because for the most part, uh, most people who follow Jesus, they want nothing to do with what we're talking about. And yeah. so, so the lack of motivation is also something that we need to be honest about. Because in our lack of motivation, what we're pretty much saying to Jesus is, hey, I know that you said, hey, follow me and I'll help you be fishers of people. And oh, by the way, go make disciples. But I, I'm going to create my own boundaries for this relationship. All right, because that's really much, that's really what we do. And, um, but these were the things right here where Jesus says, Hey, if you follow me, this is, this is what I want to do through your life. And that means we're going to make the biggest impact because so back to the motivation thing, we need to acknowledge the impure motivations and we need to acknowledge the lack of motivation and acknowledging the lack of motivation. It's a freeing thing. And we just go, God, I don't have that heart. Would you give me that heart? 
I'm not there yet. Would you help me get there? And guess what? This is a prayer he will answer 110% of the time. He really is because it's his calling on us. He wants to use our lives. And so I think bringing that to the, bringing that to the forefront and doing it up front and then acknowledging the fears and acknowledging the roadblocks and acknowledging all those things. It's really critical part of this process, John. And, um, but then to sit back and go, okay, God, if we always say, you know, surrender, use me, however you want to use me, but then, you know, we kind of leave this out. If we put this back in as a part of the, all right, all right, Jesus, I, I want you to use me however you want to use me. And we put this back in, watch out. And I'll, yeah. I'll add one more thing to this, John. And this is so important. When we look at our, our communities and, uh, and we see all the, I mean, we see all the, the brokenness and the hurt and, you know, all that stuff. I mean, we see all that. We all know we can look at our world and going, something's just, it's not getting better. I don't think I, I don't think I've ever heard someone say, man, this is really getting better out there. You know, I, I've never heard someone say that. It's always, yeah. it's always getting worse. And you know what? It is. And then we can take a look at, and this is not a blame. I'm not blaming anybody. Okay. I'm blaming me because I'm a part of the problem. But then we take a look at all the churches and all the resourcing and all the stuff. And we are less effective of influencing our culture and our communities than we've ever been. We really are. Because the numbers of people that are coming to church are less. And the reason that means we're having less influence. Yeah. Not a resourcing issue. It's not all that stuff. It's because of this issue that we're talking about right here. And if we are willing to lean into this and have God's heart for people and be willing to be intentional and to, and to pray, develop relationships, have pride, safe conversations for people, invite them when the opportunity comes. Hey, come and join me. Walk with them. We do that that's when we'll begin to see things change in our world. If we don't, because I don't know any other solution except people finding Jesus and then changed hearts. Yeah. You talk about in impact, you know, this is how we started off our whole conversation was this idea of, Hey, how can you make the biggest impact? How can, you know, you really do something with that purpose in your life. And I mean, you're talking about God using you to change someone's life, to change a community to, I mean, using your personal story to impact others and, uh, you know, changing your heart to impact others. I mean, that's just, that's super captivating and exciting to me. Uh, and yeah, thanks for, thanks for the conversation. Thanks for sharing. Well, and God can use anybody. That's the beautiful thing. And he will use anybody. That's the powerful thing. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thanks Mark, man. I love it. I'll come and talk about this anytime. (laughs) <laughs> sounds good oh wait hey last question um we're recording this pre the bucks um they just they just uh knocked off the um nets the nets right what's your prediction give me your prediction for them oh i think they're gonna they're gonna beat the hawks in in six games i think they'll do it in five but i just give a little, a little <laughs> uh they're gonna beat the hawks in six and then they're going to beat the Suns in six and be crowned NBA champions. There we go. Let's go. <laughs> there it is right there. And let me tell you something. If you want to look for a lot of your ones, you go to the Deer District during some of these games. <laughs> yeah, man, it's awesome. You'll find some there for sure. You'll have some great spiritual conversations if they win the NBA championship. Oh, you. I'm sure. There'll be a lot of praising. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Thanks again, John. 
Well, if you enjoyed that conversation, Mark, and you want some more resources on how to invest in your one, head over to the ridgecc.com slash your one. We have lots of resources and things to help you do that. Also, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single podcast episode. Thanks for listening.